All right, so day two of the Arrest All Mimics podcast, COVID-19 creative cabin casts, um, and I'm going to be taking a little chat with Craig Black up in Glasgow today, who is working in his spare room, um, and he's full of positivity. If anyone knows Craig, he's super passionate about this industry, about creativity, about staying positive, and he sets a really great example and makes some fantastic points about how he's using this time to um, double down on relationships, and it's those relationships that are kind of keeping projects going, keeping work coming when when you know, belts are getting tightened for obvious reasons. Um, and it's an interesting one. So again, once again, apologise for the quality. I am working out of my spare room like the rest of us. Recording on my phone because the microphone is at the studio using various tools, Skype and um, meeting... I can't think of the name of it. Zoom and all that caper. So these things are being done online. They're really low-fi, so please do forgive the little echo and the, and the, and the likes of that stuff. Uh, but that's it. So this is day two of the Creative Cabin cast. So yeah, like I say, spare room, Craig Black, up in Glasgow. Uh, this show is supported by illustrationx.com. Go and check them out and the Association of Illustrators, both fantastic supporters of the show for a long, long time now. Um, go and check in with those guys. Both very valuable resources and great people in the creative industry. Uh, music for the show is by Dirty Freud, so do go and check out his tunes. He's got a whole bunch of new tracks building up to an EP coming out soon. Really exciting stuff on his front. Uh, but it's challenging times for all of us, so I hope you're doing well. I hope you're all all right out there. I hope you're, you're coping and the cabin fever's not finishing you off too bad. It's kind of ironic the sun's shining here in Manchester for a series of days after what felt like months of rain when we can't really go out apart from once a day but there we are there are positives in these negatives uh it's hard to see them sometimes but that's what i'm hoping to do with this show i'm hoping to just build on that sort of solidarity that wonderful solidarity that characterizes the creative industry that we're seeing on mass right now during this tricky time with the coronavirus so enjoy the show i think we're obviously i think last week was like the major major week that actually hit everyone Mm. Uh, and all you see is it's amazing the community coming together and it's like slack group here slack group there but it's quite there's quite a lot going on which is good which is great um but sometimes it's good to break away and maybe it's obviously doing like the podcast or giving something to listen to yeah I, I personally hate slack i hate it um just because productivity levels um i just if you're sitting chatting away and stuff like that and i always kind of put me off and I don't know I'd rather be like working and listening or something like that so I'm yeah. still doing something rather than constantly looking like what are you doing what's what's the chat in it people like that and it keeps you engaged but it's, it's how people teach it differently I'm the same as you mate it's, um, I've, I've I need to message people personally and just say sorry I've been a bit ignorant of it all but I've just for that reason I, I know that it, it's the reason I took a step back a little bit from social in the first place is that it, it really was it was wonderful it was great chatting but exactly what you said there it just it was gobbling my time up and the days would just go on there and, I'm, and at the minute you know I'm trying to do fiction writing as well as my illustration and with twins it's like time is pretty precious so I've got to be a bit more brutal about that stuff are you you I think you got to man. Like there comes to a point where you just need to cut. I don't want to say cut ties, but it's almost like focus on focus on exactly what you want to do. And because when you do that, you need to basically not end, but slow down other areas and stuff like that. So social, like I've been trying. Like I'm the same. Like social media and stuff like that. I try and give myself maybe a wee bit of time in the morning and then stay off it as much as possible, man. Like it's so fucking consuming, man. And it's a lot of time wasting all that jazz as well. So, but how's the how's the novel writing going on? That's fucking epic. The novel? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I've done a, man, I've done a manuscript. Um, but I'm more. I mean, it's, 
I'm very new to it. Basically, the fiction stuff is different, and I've got a lot of confidence in you know, that I'll get there. But this is very much a first novel, and uh, I've had a few injections from a few literary agents at the moment. But that's going to happen. It might take five, six books before I get there. But the short story yeah. stuff I'm in love with, that's where my heart is at the moment. And that could be as weird, as flippant as I want with it. There's no pressure because I'm not having to make money from it. So it's a great freedom. It really is. And I'm, um, you know, I'm even thinking about doing my own little zine and, and kind of self-publishing and illustrating. You know, I've got the network of designers around me to make the thing look really good. So yeah. I just do really limited runs and, and, you know, get a foiled cover, that kind of thing, and just see what happens to be honest and at the same time send them out to publishers and agents and, and go from there so to be honest no, no pressure attached and having a lot of fun doing it and actually this whole setup has been really good for ideas and that's more time on my hands to do it you know okay i'm guessing it's also making you really focused on exactly what you want to do and it's quite weird this whole time this coronavirus time it's not it's not majorly affecting me because I'm already remote working. I work from home anyway, so it's all part of my kind of my bread and butter. But a lot of people are like seeing this as a time to do things that they never got to do before, which is amazing. And I think a lot of people will come out of it more positive, hopefully, and more um, creative in a sense. Because you, if you're working in an agency or you're working in a large studio, or it can be quite consuming and you, you can be quite repetitive, and you probably don't think the same because you're getting influenced with other people's ideas as well. Yeah. So it's like you when you were like out and about and you're alone in your own thoughts and you're seeing things and it's making you think of a, a story or whatever. Like, realistically, if you were in a city or if you were in a studio and stuff, you're going to talk to people and they're just going to constantly barrage you with information and stuff. So I think this time could, if people direct it the right way, it can be super creative and it could be a catalyst for people's careers. The other side of it is it can consume people and be a negative as well. So I think it really depends on your mindset as well. I think, so, I think so. And I think um, I think experience of being alone in this way is also a big factor. You know, as you said, I'm the same as you. I've got a lot of experience, as you know, from the book and working alone at home. So I've kind of gone through the whole working out the cabin fever and how to break up the day and, and get by without losing my mind. But if you're new to that, if you're coming from that busy agency environment, that's a big crash landing. Especially when you can't even, you know, when you can only go out the house once and all that stuff. I know, I know, it's chaos, and it's just, uh, it's just, it's an interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm remaining positive and optim- optimistic about it all. Like, there's so much doom and gloom, right? So much, and it's totally understandable. But I'm trying to, so I was going to that way, and I'm trying to think, I'm going to go this way then, mm. and try and think, what can I, what can I make the best? possibilities out of this situation what's the positivities I can take out of it and, and to be honest like I, I, last week was a bit of a, a shit show with whole Alison situation and stuff but we've got that sorted and then on Monday I was like new week, new start getting mindset and stuff and I've been fucking gun ho literally been gun ho just making shit happen and contacting people and just contacting people and just checking in see how they are and stuff and um Unfortunately enough, I've got projects ticking over, I've got new projects coming in. So it's when people say like there's no work, you've got to I, I think a big huge benefit for me is that is having the relationships beforehand, obviously of mm-hmm. help and those kind of things, but just being there as a good person and can lead to interesting opportunities and alright, you might not got get paid for this project, but the value that you can bring could project and be much better three months down the line or or something like that so 
It's been so, I literally, I woke up this morning, right? It must have been about, I don't know, six, seven o'clock. And I was like, I just had all these ideas of how to survive during this time. And I was like, it was almost like a how to, I don't know if it was a how to, I don't know if I want to call it a how to, but how to survive as an independent creative or an agency during the coronavirus. Mm. And I wrote down three pages of stuff and I'm like, fucking hell, that's quite a lot. <laughs> and it was basically just like, where is it? I've got, it's, it's pretty many, but basically on the lines of like, I don't know, I, I say something, I probably, I've got these three bits of paper, right? And I don't know how to, I want to share it. Right with people. I don't know whether to write it as a blog or do a video piece and record myself mm. or any other way. I just feel like there's so much information out there, right? Which is obviously people are getting on the bandwagon saying do this, do that. But I've not found anything specific for creatives or independent creatives how to like run a business type because people are like, oh, you've got this spare time, be creative, do a personal project, but. You need you need to pay your bills. You need to you need to survive. How are you going to do all these things? So I just looked at my past week and thought, what did I do, and what am I doing recurrently that's helping me out? And it was like it's basically a survival kit, mm-hmm. and it's like along the lines of like step one, survival. The key is uh, key is to survive during the challenge this challenging time. Things like cutting down costs, Adobe membership, rent and mortgage, freezing payments, credit cards, and just come back to your bases. What do you really need? Yeah. And then I'm doing all that shit. And it's like, I'm just, I've got tons of stuff here. And um, and it was just about like step two, adjusting to the new reality. The the environment is different now. How are we going to adapt to it? Um, business is going to change. Um, consider. I think this is one of my biggest things that came to me actually was I was seeing a lot of illustrators um specifically who were so focused on one area of work. So... Mm. So, for instance, like an illustrator who did illustrations for um, a mural, but it's like a digital print version. So he does, he specified in that area, which is really, really niche. And I'm like, at this point in time, you need to think about diversifying your skill set across branding, packaging, um, anything like whatever you've got, branding, packaging, editorial, digital, motion. Like, you need to think about how you can diversify yourself to give yourself a much more... Um, catalyst for businesses to work with you. Yeah. Because the, big, the biggest benefit that I've got right now is my versatility and type of lettering. Because um, I'm currently, like, I even wrote in what I'm, five projects I'm working on right now. With One is a font for a, a football club, a wordmark for a tech company in San Francisco, branding and packaging for a wine brand, doing a lettering artwork for a um, national government campaign and also doing a digital printed mural for a, a beer brand. So that's five projects which are totally different, but they all came through the typography and lettering world. So I'm trying to, like, I think that's a good point to go on and, and show, tell illustrators to think differently about how they want to market their service and look at different markets and stuff. Because now it's just all doom and gloom and all they're fighting for is looking for editorial clients. And I'm like, you don't know when they're going to start printing again or... So think about digital. Can you do an online workshop? Can you do all these kind of things? So I just I went nuts and wrote all this down. So what do you think? Do you think I should write this down as a blog or do a, like a video thing on it? Or it merits to both. I mean, it's, it's hard to say for sure. I suppose it comes down to what you feel best doing. Um, mm. 
I don't know. I mean, both would appeal to me. I'm a, I'm a, keen, I'm a keen reader. I, personally, I would go for the written because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a reader and I'm a writer. But, um, but then I know in this day and age, people like the video. And as we said, podcast things can have on in the background, you know? So I, I, I'm yeah. interested in both of them. Um, I just thought that, that, that what, what also happened in the past three days is like there's been a lot of blogs and like platforms asking me for like to do like live. Skype calls and interviews, and to give my advice on the situation, I just thought, what was it? What can I possibly give that would help? Like, it's all right saying, be creative. Do you know what I mean? Do personal projects, but really, really, I want to give people fucking facts that they can go away and actually implement in, yeah. into their life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and just giving a bit of wisdom and stuff. So I think I'll do both of those things and do the video and write it all down and, and see where it goes, but. I think the versatility thing is really a really big, big point. And it isn't that we should all go and be jack of all trades because some of us are uber specialists, of course. But mm-hmm. when it comes to a survival and a business model, I mean, that, that's the reason, one of the main reasons I started to write, started to yeah. stick around in the music industry, you know, failing miserably in some areas. Um, because I was just scared of the idea that illustration would be a luxury commodity that someday got cut or trends might change. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be in a position where it was either that or Tesco, you know? Because that's where I was at. And, and, and to a degree, I'm still at. But, you know, I now know that through the podcasting, I've, I've got skills speaking now. I can do that. I've done bits of teaching. So I don't want to go and do all that stuff very often, but I can. And if I need to, that's much preferable to being really desperate and not paying bills, you know? So I think that's a lot of it. You're totally spot on. And the thing is, but by having all those different assets as well, it makes you look like an expert in your field mm. as well, which is, and I know when you get to school, you don't want to obviously have, there's no ego involved, but if you look from a business point of view, they're going to look at an expert compared to your, just an illustrator. Do you know what I mean? If this guy's doing, oh, he's well known on this, he's well known on this area, he can also do that. That's going to be much more lucrative to a business than someone who can just do illustrations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that, that's been... It's probably been a catalyst for me, to be honest. Um, and also being also seen as that when you get to that, I don't say if you get to that level, that's not even a thing, but if you're seen as this expert, you can also fall on that line of being a consultant and giving advice mm-hmm. uh, from how illustrations can influence a brand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And all those kind of things. Like, So these things kind of manifest, and it's just, I think creatives are very much like, scared of putting themselves out there or kind of influencing, trying to be, like, putting their voice to things, yeah. I feel. And there's a lot of them like that. Don't go wrong, there's a lot who do, which is fantastic. But if the more that you do it and you, you actually have your own opinion, then it becomes much more powerful yeah. as well. and again, and I think as, if, as long as you do it in a way that's true for you, which, which is, you know, it's fine if you're a total introvert, it's fine if you're a smash-out person. As long as you do it in a way that's true to you, that's that's real, then I think that's fine. You know, there are very quiet and subversive ways to do these things. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But um, all the other things I've ever done, I've only ever done out of curiosity and enjoyment. And, you know, it's, it's like the fundamentals of why I enjoy editorial illustration, the storytelling that was involved. It's, mm. it's, it's the same reason that I write fiction, you know? And, um, yeah. and it, it might be total dog shit, the fiction that I'm writing. It could well be. I hope it's not, you know, that's that I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. But what happens is you get weird opportunities that spring up that you can never predict. So by doing that, 
chances are that some, somewhere down the line, somebody sees what I'm doing there and asks me to do something that I would have never thought would come from that opportunity. Yeah. And suddenly it ties back in with your illustration because they need some artwork for it. And you end up with these unexpected opening doors that mm-hmm. end up creating those pillars, like you said, that, that leave you not so vulnerable to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're spot on. And I hope another thing comes of this is um, is building relationships, really, because um, I, another thing that I think, this is my personal opinion, but I think creatives don't engage enough with others in the field, um, other illustrators, designers, or whatever it be, but especially with other clients and people in general. I've seen a lot of creators who are just basically keep their own to self and they have a voice on social media and obviously because that's personality based or whatever. But if you're running a business, the catalyst is building relationships. It really is. So from this time, what what you see is the Slack groups and all these things and people want to help one another, which is beautiful and it's amazing to see. And hopefully that inspires people to open up and engage more. And I hope they realise the importance of doing that with clients and building those relationships because see after this, see after this challenging time, Unfortunately, there's going to be independent creatives, agencies, like, no more. It's just the reality of it. And um, But the ones who survived, they need to be ready to kick on and speak to these clients because they're, maybe you worked with a client before and you created a, an illustration for them for a certain campaign, but now their values have changed, their services have changed because of the current climate. So you want to, provide, you want to speak to them and see what value you can bring to them but maybe totally different to what you've all done before. But if you don't have a relationship to to have that conversation, then it's going to be very hard to do it. I find it's it's much harder to... um, I actually wrote this down. I actually built it of a line. What was it? Uh, What was it? Uh, I'm not going to find it because I've got so much shit here. (laughs) But it was basically along the lines of if you are going to like, if you want to change your services, it's easier to do that with an existing client, whereas trying to go to a new client with different services is much more challenging that's because you've already got that relationship. That's a great way. To, that's a great way to put it. There. It's a fantastic point, and, um, and I think it. It's so true. You can you have this open, ongoing dialogue with people that you have a relationship with. So it's not such a big deal to suddenly turn up in their inbox or, or on the phone or whatever in person for a coffee going, you know, let's talk about where you're at and where things are moving because then I can maybe suggest where I might plug into that. Or mm-hmm. maybe you're doing something that they've never even seen. So the lettering stuff. Yeah. As you know, I do my own lettering, but that only came from an existing conversation with a creative director mm-hmm. that was fantastic and very selfless. And he asked me to do it. And I said, yeah, jumped in the deep end, almost failed because it was very it was way harder than I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. But coming out the other side of that, he was the one who suggested that there was a shortage of people who could do the kind of lettering that I do. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took his word, had some fun, and now it's become a, another part of my income alongside the, the, you know, the illustration. And it all helps. And again, it all just comes down to those chats. And actually, there's a little thread here. So that client, he was the one who introduced me to Kyla, who I introduced you to in, when you were going to New York. Um, so yeah. Kyla did the first one of these things last night, which she was brilliant as ever. 
Um, but just look at that little web. You know, it's like I get passed on to Kylie. You know, down the road, we meet and introduce you to Kylie. You end up doing a talk at HBO. It's like all of these things are very organic and only come about by having that curiosity and that conversation and, and pushing mm. to build a relationship, like you said. I love that. I love hearing that because I think the other thing as well is, see, when I ever try, if I'm ever working, if I need to bring collaborators on a project, first thing that comes to me is, are they a good person and do I get on with them? I don't even really care if they're, they're like, the type of work isn't that good or, or they probably nine times at the end they are that good but there's amazing illustrators out there and I've came across them or designers or whatever and you just get a bad vibe from them and I'll just go I don't care I don't even care if you're the best in the world I'm not going to work with you because I just don't like like there's something not there yeah. and I think it, it's really really it's that famous of Anthony Burrow post so be nice kind of thing and work hard but I think the key is is being a good person, especially in times like this, because there's going to be a lot of scaremongering and there's going to be a lot of people undercutting and there's going to be a lot of stuff like that going on. People need to do what they do to survive. I can understand that. However, the implications that they're making further down the line is quite scary. So, for instance, look at all the big brands right now, like the fucking airlines. I think Richard Branson came out and he was saying, like, basically staff take, like, eight weeks unpaid leave or something like that. Mm. Um... I think it was Mike Ashley's recent one was like, oh, the stores are still open or something like that um, just now. And, like, see all these things. Like, they're just thinking the immediate, obviously, cost-saving money. But see, once it's all done and the economy comes up, people will have that brand loyalty or loyalty to people and go, he was a cunt during that time and he didn't pay me or that didn't work for me at all. That'll come back and bite them in the arse big time. So it's, it's important more than ever to make sure that we're empathetic and... Uh, supportive of one another and helping one another out and if you can recommend someone on do it this time if it's not for you then recommend people on because it will come back and, and help you and like I think my situation right now is a huge kind of um, emblem of that because like I, the client of San Francisco I've been working with them for now like over a year now and um, doing a squad mark and we built such a relationship um, it, originally the brief was that one month and then it's led to me doing a potential mural in San Francisco to doing artwork for them as part of the brand um, and since then they would come to me and go okay can you recommend an illustration, uh, an illustrator in this style and I would just give them all this stuff and I'm not like charging a fee or anything to do that I'm just saying here you go and because of that even like last night he phoned me last night and said listen I want you, I need your help again can you help me on this and then because of that relationship that I built and helping him out in previous things, it's helping me out now. So if I never done that a year ago or that helping out, it wouldn't help me out now. And I'm looking at all the projects coming in just now and it all makes sense because of prior connections and helping people out. So I hope people get into that more. Um, I've had, it's been funny because I, I don't know if you get it yourself, but a lot of creative coaches approach me saying how they can turn my business into X amount of figures and all this stuff and they do it and I, and it's like they're charging an absolute fortune. I'm like, I still don't know what exactly you're providing me and what you're offering me, but you want to charge me X amount for this. And one of the things that just came away from that is I spoke to Ali about it and she says, Craig, you're already doing that for a lot of other people and a lot of creatives off your own back. And, and you're not charging people for that, but you're creating 
such a positivity around it, and I'll come back and feed you later down the line. Yeah. So I think it's where people right now, I can, it, it's a tricky one because people need to pay bills, obviously, and they need to make money. But if you can survive but give value at the same time, I think that's the key of getting through this stage. And then I think further down the line, it will help you out. But that's always been manifesting for me, and it's just it's just making sure that you you keep on top of things as well mentally and through this and also physically and keeping healthy and stuff like that. So yeah, it's challenging, but I, I can see I can see a huge positivity coming out of it. Really, I really do. Yeah, and I can see how it's going to change. It's going to change. It's obviously changing the world. It is. It really really is, yeah. There'll be be good things that come from it, but a lot of bad things also. But like you say, it's holding good, it's holding dear to those strong values and and, and still just being good to people. You know, we're all going to suffer adversity because of this, and it's certainly not a time to be rounded on someone who's got it better or someone who makes a suggestion that doesn't sit with your circumstances because it would be very easy to do that when we're all kicked up and feeling you know, challenged and, and it's unprecedented all this stuff. So you could forgive people for behaving that way, but as you say, you know, you tend to be drawn to the people who look out for others and they're not doing that for a selfish reason. And it does it's a cyclical thing in this industry. I think it always has been because it's an industry full of people who are very passionate about what they do and they're very happy yeah. to share that and talk about that and help the next person coming up the ladder, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're spot on. You're spot on. So how's things with you? You got a few projects on the go and stuff. Yeah, so I've been I've been working on a, a big project that I can't really talk about for like six months, which is the longest single project I've ever done. I think, yeah. uh, and that's on the tail end now, and it'll actually be coming out back end of this year, early next year. So that's that's you know sustained me for a little while now, and there's a couple of things lined up. One of them is touch and go because of this. Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's too critical at this point, thankfully. You know, um, I've always lived quite frugally, and you know, I don't have a lot of assets. So at this time, and that's a benefit. Uh, the studio is quite cheap, so you know, I'm not going to starve. It's you know, it's all there. The, the worry is always there on the horizon. But then, when was it not as a freelancer? You know, that, yeah. I think that's the thing, and I think I've had the, I've had the the fear of the lack of work for so long that I yeah. I kind of got my house in order and cut all the fat when it came to finances and. You know, mm-hmm. material stuff. Therefore, you know, t- thankfully, times like these, are, I'm not too bad. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not running around throwing the cash around, but <laughs> far from it, far from it. But I'm not, you know, scratching around at the bottom of the overdraft like I once was. Thankfully, you know, if this had yeah. been ten years ago, it might be a different story. That's for sure. I know it comes with experience as well. I think um, obviously when you're got a family coming, you you try to be smart about what your decision making is going to be financially and what your you're going to use and stuff like that. And it's the exact same for me. Like, I've been making sure to try and bang as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But also making sure we're having a good time as well. Um, but last year was an incredible year for me and the family and me and Ali and stuff because we got married and obviously we've got a little one on the way as well. But from a, a work point of view, like, did a lot of travelling, went to Australia and I managed to, I wanted to take Ali with me um, and we treated that as a business slash holiday at the same time and that was an incredible experience. New York twice uh, and various other things. So it's making sure also I've got enough candy in the bank to, to look after me but making sure that I'm enjoying myself at the same time. Because yeah. there's, there's quite a lot of, um, it's obviously, it's, I, I should be saving more probably and I've, 
but there's that part of me that just makes make sure that I'm enjoying myself at the same time without going nuts. Oh, um, I've, I've, always, I've always walked that line. I've always really valued the experience in the now because it's you know for creativity you have to you have to you have to be drinking in these experiences. Whereas if I was just in girls penny pinching the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have attracted the jobs that I have. You know, therefore, that have, that have kind of made up for the money that I spent. If that's a weird thing, if it makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, curious! Are you still got an agent? Are you still working with an agent? Stuff? Yeah, I'm still with. But they changed to Illustration X now. They were Illustration Web, but they've rebranded to Illustration X. But I've been with those guys about ten years now. So yeah, I'm still yeah. still on the books. Yeah, they're, they're they're great guys. I've got a good relationship with them. And it's still working well for you and stuff like that. It's fantastic. Do you know that they're for me the biggest asset with those guys is they're completely, completely encouraging, not just understanding, but totally encouraging of all the extracurricular stuff that I do. So it was mm-hmm. Harry, the, the MD, who suggested the podcasting in the first place. I would have never thought of it. Um, you know, and they, and they sponsored it right from the off and, and just took a massive leap of faith on somebody who'd never touched the microphone. You know, it's so, it's so, you know, things like that really do build a great relationship of trust. Um, and they're great. They're very much uh, an agency where you have to meet them halfway. You have to put the work in, you know, get that portfolio looking sharp. And then they've got this great, you know, platform that's number one on Google when you put illustration in. So it has, yeah, it's been, it's become my main breadwinner over the years. Good, good. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. So, so how are you feeling? Yeah, wait, you, you kind of answered the how are you feeling mentally question, you know, with all of this. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling really. But last week was a was a shit show and it was a really stressful time. But that was purely that was more purely because of the family issue and I being pregnant and being a nurse in the NHS and having to kind of saying you need to go to work when she it just it shouldn't happen because she works in a prison. Mm. And it was really it was really challenging because. She was getting really upset about it all and really stressed out, and obviously that's having an effect on the unborn baby as well, and just that total uncertainty because yeah. every day was changing, and different information was coming through, and we, obviously we've never had this situation before, and everyone is trying to adjust and do the best they possibly do. But it's, it was crazy the fact that other businesses across the world who had any um, pregnant women would get signed off in the next twelve weeks just. That just kind of almost like a kind of standard thing, but when it came to Ali's position, um, that wasn't the case, and that was just really, really hard to take. So we had to fight tooth and nail for that. But fortunately, she's she's off now, um, and that means I can start getting got on board with mowing stuff and work. And um, so the so Monday was like the main day for me to just go and go right, be positive, be optimistic, and go for it. And I've just, like, like I said, I've been gone ho just making sure, connecting with people, making sure people are checking in, they're, they're doing all right, checking on the clients as well, listen, like, regardless of what, regardless of that, how are you as a person, like, yeah, how you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, that was important for me, and, and it was really nice that people were getting back to saying it was nice to hear from you from it, because not a lot of people do it, do you know what I mean? And I, I'm trying to be my best to do that, but then I started to formulate a plan, right, what do I need to do to survive through this period? Um, but to be honest, I'm taking, this is the key thing, is taking each day as it comes, but looking at the bigger picture at the same time. Yeah. A little bit contradictory, but all you can do in this current time is take each day as you can. But if you try your best each and single day, trying to improve a little bit or try to make things better, then in the grand scheme of things, it will become yeah. 
bigger or better. And I think, see, the thing is about this challenging time, it will go and it will eventually it will disappear and the economy will kick in again and it will start coming good. At that point, you need to be ready to rock and roll. Do you know what I mean? You need to be ready to be gone whole. And because businesses and brands and whoever are going to need creatives more than ever. Yeah, the climate change is so important that us as creatives are ready for that moment. And I'm gearing my, like, I'm, fortunately enough, I've got projects ticking along and I'm working on I got another new one in last night, which I'm hugely, hugely grateful for, especially in this current climate. But I'm already thinking about myself, when this time comes, I need to make sure that I'm on the ball yeah. and being ready for it. Because, the unfortunately, like I said earlier on, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of agencies and creatives who are going to be no more. And that's just, that's fact. And that's just unfortunate. So the ones who can survive it just need to be prepared because these brands are going to come out. Soon as it's as if like the, the red light and then it's going to be a green light and you're just like, go. Yeah. And now these brands are going to go, how can I connect with my audience in this current climate? What interests them now? Because things have changed. Is it the physical? Is it the digital world now? Is that more imperative to our society now? So that's where I was talking about earlier on is about kind of di- making sure that you're diversifying your skill set and making sure that you're thinking about different areas. Like, not to say you've got to be a pro in it. Like, I'm not a pro in motion design or digital, but it doesn't stop me from thinking about it and going, right, I can team up with a pal Andy who's a motion designer or I can speak to this guy who's whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm making sure from a business perspective that I'm, I'm able to be ready as much as possible. Yep. But providing the best possible value at this current climate as well, but taking each day to come because right now, like I've said that a few times, that there's a current doom and gloom across the wide spectrum. It doesn't have to be in creative industries, like all sorts of walks of life and different work. But it, it, the funny thing is, right, as I, as I'm going to say tangent here, right? So my brother, my brother Gary, he's a plumber based in London. Uh, I love my big brother to pieces, right? And he's effectively not able to work and he's like kind of self-employed. Um, but he's got so much time on his hands now. He's struggling to deal with it all. He's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, mentally, I'm finding this super challenging. He says, what do you do? Like, because you're always positive. You're always thinking forward. Like, I've always had a job and I've always had my football, I've always had bad bits and pieces to line me up and keep me going, but now that's been taken away from me. I'm struggling. And um, and I, I, a funny thing, I spoke to my brother about it and I said, listen, like, go up first thing in the morning um, and do exercise. Clear your mind. I said, you can do exercise in the work, in the house. Here's a few exercises to do. I said, but remember when we were younger, what was the stuff that you used to do that made you happy or what you found was fun? Um, and she's a lot building stuff like Lego and stuff like I was like look into doing that and she's whenever um, um, he actually you know what he actually done a jigsaw the other day it was like a 3D jigsaw a big bend uh, and he said it took him two hours to do it and he says I was so in the zone I didn't look at my phone I didn't watch TV or anything, and I loved it and he says is that what you're like when you're you're, in, you're drawing and you're painting <laughs> and I said that is it I says Gary that is the best place you could ever be I says that's why I love my job so much is when I get in that zone TV or everything's irrelevant like I am focused on what I love doing it says that's what you need to find in this current time like find whether it's a, a Lego set or a Skeletrix trick like anything like 
Finding that. That's so good. That's so good. I, 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 it's music to my ears because I despair when people differentiate where we are now as adults, as our child from our childhood. Okay, yeah. you know, you're, you're not gonna sit there with a bib on with milk dribbling down your chin, you know. What I mean? But the point is, what what, what the, the pleasure my WWF wrestling figures gave me in 1990 is exactly the same pleasure I get now from writing about a divorcee for yeah. down in one of my weird little fiction stories. It's the same fulfillment. It's the same buzz that gives me purpose and a reason to get out of bed in the morning and total engagement whilst I'm doing it. That's what it is. That's that's yeah. what we, you know. So it can be as literal as getting the Lego back out. There's nothing wrong with that. But society does have a way of making us think. Oh, what are you doing that for? You weirdo. You big yeah. You know. And I hate that. I hate that people. It's the magic. I always say it's the magic at the core of it. If it live, if it enlivens you and it does give you that buzz, just do it. Do it. And don't, don't, you don't have to touch a reason. It doesn't have to be your next business model. It's just something to give you pleasure. You know, and to yeah. engage the mind. Does it have to be any more than that? I don't think it does. It's, I'm so spot on there. Like, whatever gives you pleasure. And see, the thing is, like, see what gives you pleasure, that can that can actually turn into something that can, that can manifest into a career. You, you just never know. Like, I was saying to my, like, when I was talking to my brother about it, like, Gary's like, he's a tough guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he's, He's a tough guy, and he was, but more over the years, he's very much opened up and about his emotions and feelings. To even especially because I'm his brother as well. Like we don't usually, we never used to talk like that. And but I think he's seen that how I was quite more open about it, and it made him more open. Yeah. But finding that pleasure is is the key thing because when I, I think I, what I love is when I, whether I'm drawing or I'm painting or building something. And I could go on for hours and I've not ate, right? I've not eaten at all. I've not done anything. And my wife will come in and I'll look at her and she says, you're having a good time, aren't you? And I'm like, I'm loving this. I'm loving this, right? <laughs> and even like, but that's been, that's influencing my family who are non, if like non-creatives. They don't want the creative field. So that's, my brother has been seeing that over the years. My mum, like all my friends and family have seen this. And it influences, I can see, I can honestly see it influencing their lives as well. Finding that something that makes you happy, makes you like not even focus on your phone or whatever, or the, the negative that happens in the world right now. Like, and I think that's a key thing in this time, and especially my brother, because he's like, I can't do anything work wise. Like, I need to wait till this is done. Fortunately, I've got a little bit of money to tide me over. Scary, but I need something to focus on mentally, and that is where it all came about. So, finding that pleasure, and it's the same for creatives as well. Like, if they, like, what I love to see is like agency, like, see, agency owners who used to draw back in the day, right? I would, in fact, I was texting, it's a good friend of mine, um, I won't say his name, but he is the founder of a successful design agency um, in London. And he's found this time really amazing because he's had to deal with the day-to-day of business forever, for the past 10, 15 years. Prior to that, what made him successful was his artwork and his passion for, for drawing. Mm-hmm. He says, as much as this is a, a, a bad time, he says, I've actually got time to go back 15 years ago to what made me get into doing this in the first place. And I found my love again. He says, and it sounds like, it's like, I don't want to sound like a dick because 
I'm loving this time because it's making me able to do this. But obviously, it's having a, the shit side of it is obviously the business and money and the world and stuff like that. So it depends on your mindset. I think really, like, what it's a negative time, but you can turn it into a positive, and that's the most important thing about all of this. I think you're right, and I, th- and I think it goes especially back to what you said about the balance between what can I do today, one day at a time, um, mm-hmm. to structure things, to pay the bills, to get me over the line of this very challenging time. But if you focus exclusively on that all of the time, as in always paying the next bill, always paying the next bill, you, you'll never get out of that, you know? I think you mm-hmm. have to make, even if it's 20 minutes and you're all sacrificing a lunch break, for example, yeah. to think about the what is it, what is that, what, what conjures that childhood magic, what is it that you do unashamedly, um, maybe you do it well, or maybe you just do it for pleasure. What is that? And, and get back to the core of that, because that opens doors. And if you're prepared to give that a little bit of time, or if you force that into the to the schedule, that's the way out of that cycle, that cycle of always being a slave to the next pill, you know? And yeah. I, I think we owe it to ourselves in this industry, because it's why we started to do it in the first place. It's why we didn't go and do accounts or we were shit at maths at school. It's because we we wanted that magic. It's why students at Design College do album covers for the band that they love, make music mm-hmm. videos for them, or, you know, in my case, wrestling posters. Because you're passionate and you want to do that. But reality ends up taking us down a different path. But if you allow it to do so too much without leaving time for that magic, that's mm-hmm. the end of trap, you know? So I think it's... It's always about balance, and it's about being patient as well, because the truth is, if you've not done that for 10 years, you're not going to yeah. be able to get that going to make money yeah. in two weeks. You have to think, yeah. okay, I'm in a shitstorm now, that's where I am. But I don't want to be in that shitstorm when this happens again in 10 years, so be, be realistic. But I think always leave time for that magic. You, you, you're spot on again. Like, pay, I think patience is another big thing, especially in this time. Like, all right, you might pick something up in the next two weeks and think, oh, this is me forever. Like, this is going to change our business. It does take time. Like, come back to what you were saying about previously, like, finding that magic. Like, for the first, a, a, a big question I always get asked on, from whether it's creatives or blogs or whatever is, do you still find time for personal projects? And now it's quite weird because I'm really busy with kind of client work, commercial work, or whatever I would be. But when I first started, like the first two or three years was just constant personal work. And I factored that into my client work over a period of time. So I'd find like an hour each Friday or each Thursday to do, to continue and find that spark. But now because I did that, all that work previously is now manifesting into my commercial work. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting hired to do the personal work as a commercial, like a commercial piece of work or whatever. So if you think long term gain, then you could hugely benefit from it. Um, but right now, there's nothing wrong when working on that piece of illustration or lettering work that makes you happy, putting it online, do more of it, build, 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 build. And you never know. You just never know how it can manifest over time. But as long as it makes you happy and you find that magic and it's going back to your childhood of what does, like, I'm, I'm current, like, I think I briefly mentioned before, but working for a font, on a football club, right? This is my dream project, right? Dream, dream project. Yeah. And I believe it's been manifested for me since I was a kid. Like, I dreamed about playing for this club. I dreamed about pulling that shirt on, running in a stadium. And, like, I did have a period of time playing football as a professional, but unfortunately, I wasn't good enough. But I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I 
worked on personal projects, over time, build up my portfolio for this moment. And when this moment came, I was ready. I mean, I knew I, the, the challenge that they gave me, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Yeah. Uh, see the the emotion that was good for I mean, now I'm getting quite emotional thinking about it, but that feeling of being that kid again and being, I can't see when it rolls out that the work that I've done is rolled out and seen it live and I'll be in that stadium. I know for a fact I'll burst into tears. I just know it because yeah. it means so much to me and it means so much to my family as well. But it, was, it all goes back to what makes you happy. And I believe that all those personal projects, passion projects, everything that I've worked hard for led to moments like this. And I, I don't think any kind of money could ever give me those feelings. I don't think I could ever do it. And I can't wait for that moment. And I, it's all going back to that magic. What, all that stuff in the early days, the childhood days, the memories, all led to this moment in my adult life. Yeah. So now seeing that and recapturing that has is inspiring me, it's inspiring my family. My buddy brother, who's a plumber who doesn't know, like, he's so inspired by this and, and he's like, he's pushing him to, to do things that he's always wanted to do yeah. as well. So I always, but it's, it's patience and it really is. It really, and I believe everything happens for a reason. Like, I wasn't good enough to play for them, but I believe that my career as a, a type of letting guy led to this moment to do this for them. It's, it's true, I agree, and I've got a very similar story just with doing work for Leeds United. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Got to got to about 15 and a half, still believe I had a chance of playing for Leeds United. I was not yeah. in average of football. I was like rubbish, like a really bad right back. And um, and it got I got that far and then went, shit, okay, right, I'd better start drawing because that's the only other thing I'm good at. Um, yeah. But I just drew obsessively with United players and wrestlers and in a weird, weird way that kind of weave that web just, you know, and like exactly you've said it, but that's what happened, the same thing, you know, it's, it's just... Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's incredible, it's not being ashamed about that and wearing it on your sleeve and just doing it like a big kid and, and it is amazing what opportunities that brings. And it, do you know what, as well, like... I've, this time has made me re, totally reevaluate where I want to go and what I want to do and who I am as a person. And I hope that a lot of creatives do that the same because maybe you've been in a situation or a job where you're just not happy and say you've always wanted to be an illustrator or a lettering artist or a photographer or whatever. I think this time could be super useful to pursue that. So right now, I'm writing, it sounds like very basic and quite, I don't know if it's stupid or whatever, but just writing down a list of what are the things that make me happy? Mm-hmm. What are the things that make me sad? And literally writing that down on paper can help me analyse the next steps where I want to go, especially in this current climate, like in a recession or whatever you want to call it. Like, all my, I, I genuinely believe all my dreams can become a reality. That is my mindset. Mm-hmm. And I work hard to make these happen, things happen. But I need to focus on the stuff that makes me happy. Yeah. Because regardless of money or making a hundred million quid or whatever, like I could make a hundred million quid and be unhappy. Cool. Or I could make a hundred quid being happy. Yeah. And I'll be brutally honest and it sounds pretty crazy, but I'd rather be happy than have money. If I didn't have my my wife, my family and friends around me, my lifestyle being from a small town in Scotland, being able to do what I do, working from home, working with clients across the world, 
I, I don't think I could give it up. I don't want. I honestly couldn't give it up for X amount of money. Yeah, I couldn't because it makes me happy. It makes me feel alive. Yeah, me too. And, and I think that's important. And family life and all that stuff makes me so happy. And I wouldn't give it up for anything. So I think you need to. I think this time has made me re- to- totally reevaluate, especially having a kid on the way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It made me reevaluate what is important for me in life. And what it is, what's the basic stuff that makes me happy? And that's what it is. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't, and I'll fight tooth and nail for it. Yeah. So, well, me too. I mean, as a, you know, eight, eight weeks into being a father of twins, that's, it's made me double down on the dream yeah. stuff. It's made me go, right, okay, if I, if I don't make this shit happen, make the fiction writing happen and turn it into something, that who, no one's going to do it for me. And, and the alternative is just too bleak to consider. So, you know. Get it I know. Find ways. 4 a.m., you know, making notes on my phone while the kids fall asleep on the bottle. You know, my eyes are closed. It's literally, I've been writing it the craziest times. But also, just, I could go on forever about that. I, I just, yeah, I think you're, you're totally right. And actually, I think as a little takeaway practical thing, I think that's a great idea, though, what you said about writing down things that make you happy, things that make yeah. you sad. It's, it's such a simple task, but we don't do that. And I think people forget that stuff when it comes to paying the bills and getting to the next month. And yeah. it's so easy to lose sight of those simple fundamentals. See, see that. So right now, I've got um, a full wall full of inspiring stuff. So it's like positive affirmations, um, goal setting, and all this kind of stuff. And every single morning, I say them out loud. Mm. Um, all this positivity. And it's fucking cheesy as fuck. It really is, right? <laughs> and if, you, if you asked Craig Black of probably about five, ten years ago to do that, he'd be like, fuck off, that's, nah, that's cheesy. See, see seeing things written down and reading it out loud and saying it back to yourself is hugely, hugely powerful and it can genuinely manifest. Like, I've written down my goals and I've, like, I've done that. Complete, 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 complete. Yeah. <laughs> And it's fucking awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I hope this time makes people kind of reevaluate what they want to do with their life and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And I always see, like, there's always an opportunity in the darkest of moments. Yeah, it's true. And I think that's, and as long as people believe in that, and can, like, it's, it's how dark it can be, you can find a way through it. There's always a, a light. And that's, and I've had challenging times, and I've been times when I've literally been broke and had no money at all, but I've somehow managed to figure out and believe in myself. And it's, it, things manifest, and if you believe in yourself, then things will become positive and it will become good. Like, I know it's easy saying all that, but it's, you've got to believe in it, and you need to believe in yourself and, and to believe in that kind of process. And I've been doing this for now for the past uh, probably five years, and it's radically changed my life. My mindset is totally different. And I, it, you know what the weird thing is? Like I've got, I think we spoke about this before, but I've got like ten pals who are like annoying creatives, right? They don't, and the change they seem they've actually said to me probably individually, the change in me as a person, like much more happier, much more positive, like. You get something about you. You walk with a, a, even like a bit more confidence in you. Like they wouldn't say that in a group though, because I'll get slated. But um, but even that mentality, I've seen that from people who are not in that line of field, and I explain to them all the reasons why this is happening. And every one of them I've implemented in their life, and it's amazing to see because they're feeling better about themselves. The poses. Not that I'm some sort of fucking guru or anything like that, but it's just I believe in 
if you can share positivity, then it can rub off on people. Totally. If you if you share negativity, it will rub off on people. Yeah, it's completely. They're both infectious, and even exactly. even the tiniest of you know the tiniest comment or seed that you plant will. It might take eight years for the person to reach a point in their life where they're ready to to, to understand what you what it is that that other person's experienced. But when they get there, it could change things. It's amazing. It really is. I'm, I, know. You know, I, only, I only agree with what you're saying for the simple fact that I've felt the same thing and learned that from more experienced people who've led that ex- by that example. Mm-hmm. You know? I, so true. But I, I just, but I, only, I, I mean, uh, my plan was to keep these things short, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting, you know. And this is what it's good. I mean, it's great. I'm feeling quite good about things too, just because. Well, what's the alternative? Do I sit here and bite my nails and look out the letterbox and <laughs> shit myself? Yeah, you know? I know. It, it, it would be easy to do that, don't get me wrong. But shit, what alternative do I have? You know. So, um, but so anyway, the last question, and this this is a really weird question, and it came about because you know Rebecca Hendon. Rebecca Hendon, the yes political cartoonist. Yes, yes. So I'm going to do one of these with her. And, um, she's a friend of mine. We met through doing this podcast. And um, she just she wrote this brilliant tweet saying, uh, allow yourself a little laugh at the amount of uh, bad haircuts that are going to emerge from quarantine. <laughs> so I'm asking people how they are with their hair at the minute and if there's any danger of uh, a self-haircut. <laughs> Fair enough. Where, where, um, where are you at with that? Where, where's your, I can see your hair there. You've got a good man going on. Is there any any day? Oh, <laughs> my mum cuts my hair. Uh, <laughs> she's a hairdresser. Uh, nah. Do you know what? Like the beard's getting ridiculous. I can see it underneath. Looks getting bad, and I'm just like, I cannot be fucked. Like at best of times, I struggle even doing it, like, even trimming it, and I'm just like I can't be fucked. Like I, I think I've had this hoodie on for about five days now. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I do. I do think I'm going to come out of this with my first skin edit in about 15 years. Because... Oh yeah, I was caught because my my mum tasted saying, "Are you not doing a haircut?" And I'm like, "I, but what am I going to do? Like, you going to like do a, like a, a tutorial online and you FaceTime and show me how I should do it and back my head." <laughs> um, yeah. Nah, yeah. Some people are going to come out with interesting looks anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah that's just going on for me. <laughs> Cheers for listening. Thanks to Craig Black. Thanks to illustrationx.com and the AOI.com, the Association of Illustrators, the supporters of this podcast. Uh, go check out the archive, Arrest All the Mix. That's over at soundcloud.com forward slash Arrest All the Mix on all good podcasting platforms or on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all the good stuff. Go and take a look. Um, not sure who's up next on the COVID-19 Creative Cabin cast, but give us a shout. If you're in your spare room, you've got some interesting things to say, let us know. Who knows? I don't know how many of these things are going to happen. We don't know how long it's going to go on. There's a lot of uncertainty, and I hope these things are helping. Thank you. Cheers for listening. See you soon, guys. Mm-hmm.